0: Brothers and sisters, friends and family, for anyone else who's watching us for the very first time, welcome to Sellers and Baptists Church Online. I wish I could say it's very good to see you, but we're actually getting closer to that day. On the 27th of September, we're going to be meeting for the very first time at the church. There's going to be more information dotted around um, for how you can book for our service. Can you imagine you have to book to come to church? But this is the new normal that we're now facing. But church will continue online so today we're going to be hearing some words from Romans chapter 12 we're going to continue our time in worship in sang worship and in various times of prayer and later on we're going to have a time of communion so please stay tuned let's be engaged as we worship God together God bless
1: To this week's sbc news i'm sue
2: and i'm alan as most of you will now be aware we are planning to reopen sbc on a sunday morning for viewings of our online services we're pleased to say that these sunday gatherings will begin at 10:30 a.m next sunday 27th of september those who wish to attend on that date will need to book a place in advance by leaving a message on the church office answer phone on 020 8651 4308 by 12 noon on Thursday the 24th of September. Please state clearly your name and how many places you are booking. We will not be restarting Sunday club or youth groups at this point, so any children will have to stay with and be the responsibility of their parents or carers. Please note that we will give priority when booking to those who do not have access to the internet at home. As we previously detailed, there will be some restrictions to these gatherings in order to comply with the government's COVID-19 guidelines and to ensure the safety of everyone who attends. Those attending, We'll need to wear face masks and also maintain social distancing. It also won't be possible to serve tea and coffee or for people to socialise before and after the service. We hope and pray that everyone who comes along will be blessed and encouraged by this opportunity. To meet on the first steps of that journey, on the first steps on our journey back to worshipping in the way we've missed, And longed for. The YouTube broadcasts of services and the Zoom foyer discussion times will continue as presently.
1: Due to COVID-19 lockdown, the Great British Spring Clean was cancelled and is now being held as the Keep Britain Tidy Great British September Clean instead. Jacqueline Barber would like to organise a litter pick in Salisdon on Saturday the 26th of September. We will be meeting at the church at 10.30 a.m. Croydon Council will provide sanitized equipment and we will be working in groups of six at an appropriate social distance from each other. You can wear a mask if you want to. We would love to see lots of you joining in as the more people who help, The greater the difference we can make and Jacqueline would also love to hear of any roads which particularly need clearing of litter. If you would like to help please contact Jacqueline so that we know how much equipment to order.
2: Here is a short report from Martin about a couple of youth events in the next few weeks.
3: morning. On uh, We've got a few more events coming up for the youth. On the 26th of September um, we are all going for a walk together. Um, I've got a family that knows the woods quite well so we're going to go for a little adventure. Uh, we're going to be meeting at about 10 o'clock, um, going out, having a walk and then a picnic about halfway. Um, more details for that online. Um, also on the 1st of October in the afternoon, in the evening, sorry, um, we're going to have a parents' meet-up. I really want to encourage you to get involved in this. Uh, It's for all the teenage parents, so let's say from 11 to 18, and um, we'll come together. We'll discuss what's happening in our families, what challenges we're seeing our young people are facing. Um, I'll share some of the youth work and what we're aiming to do. And then more importantly, we will pray for our young people uh, within our church family and those that are wider. Um, Parents, please get involved in this. We need to work together. Um, Yeah, God bless, guys. Bye.
1: If you're a follower of Jesus who has been attending SBC for a while and you think of us as your church family, can we invite you to consider the possibility of church membership. If you would like to explore this further, please speak with Trevor, Denzel, Martin or any of our deacons.
2: And finally, last week we asked you to send us your photos of your giant or wonky, or just proud of, <laughs> fruit and veg. And here are some fine examples from Emma, Babs, Joe, and Susie.
1: This has been SBC News.
2: This has been, oh, and again, this, <laughs> this has been, been SBC, SBC News. News. God, God bless. <laughs> Idiot.
4: We're going to be entering into a time of worship and we're going to be lifting up his name together It's so good that we can join in this way. I just want to encourage us, if we're sitting down, maybe if we could stand up and just give God all the praise. If you're feeling weak today, no.
2: in the way that you set me free, that you've given me new life. Thank you that I have so much to look forward to because of you. Thank you, Lord, that you've died for me.
4: For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Show with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you.
0: Thank you Jane for the amazing Bible reading. For a moment brothers and sisters I want you just to think about this word, the word sacrifice. I'm sure you've all heard that word before. It's probably a word that we probably don't use in our vocabulary but it's something that we possibly do every single day. We're always kind of sacrificing something of ourselves to something in this world and are all different kinds of sacrifices this, this this word sacrifices is used in different contexts and done in different ways you know that when you open up the bible especially in the, in the old testament there's a lot of talk about sacrifice animal sacrifice grain sacrifices. all different kinds of sacrifices and these sacrifices refer to sacrificing these animals for god and to honor god and this is not just exclusive with the Jewish people, but different religions would have practiced this this thing called sacrifice where they're sacrificing something of themselves to a God. But there's also an everyday sense of the word sacrifice that you can use daily. The act of giving up something that you want to keep, especially in order to get something or to help someone. See in our lives, there are many important things that we have, I'm sure you can name many. There are many important things that we have and there are situations in our lives where we have to give those precious things up for something or for someone and this is sacrifice. So it it could be your money. Sacrifice your money. This is something that's easily done. This could be our time, sacrificing our time and maybe someone needs us for a particular help and we're offering our time, our service to people. That is a sacrifice. Maybe it's our possessions, maybe with this particular things that we have that somebody needs help with or we need to give away for a particular reason. That's a sacrifice. Or maybe it's our mind, our intellect. Someone wants to pick our brain and we're, we're using our intellect to sacrifice. These things are sacrifice. And there's always a reason to why we will sacrifice. Sacrifice our goods, sacrifice our possession. There's always a reason for this. And we're always sacrificing to things that we consider as important. You're not going to give as a sacrifice something that is so precious to you, to something that you don't care about or something that isn't important. You sacrifice because these things are important. Even though it may hurt, it's a sacrifice. And that's why for me personally, I will sacrifice for the people that I love. I will sacrifice for the church. There are many things that I will sacrifice to but i also believe that there's different things that we sacrifice to there are different elements that we sacrifice to there's different objects that we sacrifice to but i believe when we sacrifice to people or for people or for groups of people i believe we're showing a deep level of love and honor for that person or for these people so i think there's kind of different degrees of sacrifice kind of different levels to sacrifice for instance if I gave someone my last pen yes that's a sacrifice but if I gave someone my last meal that's a that's a pretty big sacrifice if I gave someone my last penny that's a huge sacrifice but if I sacrifice my body if I sacrifice my life That's a whole different level of sacrifice. And when you do this, I believe you're showing an extreme level of love and honour to that person or to these groups of people. And that's why Jesus' death on the cross is so amazing that he was willing to sacrifice his body. But even what makes it even amazing is that he sacrifices his body to people who hate him. What this shows me, and what should show the world, is that Jesus has a deep love and honor for people. That He was willing to give His life, lay down who He is, for people who don't even like Him. And it makes sense why Jesus says to His disciples that, you know, there is there is no greater love than to one to lay down His life for His friend. In John fifteen verses thirteen, there is no greater love than this. Imagine. Laying down your life, your body, for another human being. It's huge. So Paul, in this letter to the Romans church, he's speaking a lot about sacrifices. And to be honest, there's a lot that Paul is speaking about in Romans 12. And to be honest, I think we can do a whole preaching series just on Romans chapter 12. So I, I want to focus a bit more on this thing called sacrifice. Paul opens up the letter speaking about sacrifices and it kind of gives a wider picture of what he's trying to say in the rest of the chapters i want to focus on this word sacrifice for the roman church when they heard these words from this letter from paul using the word sacrifice this would have they would have yeah resonated with this sacrifice is something that they did especially for the jewish people they did sacrifice animal sacrifice grain sacrifice and and different types of sacrifices There's, there's so many of them They did sacrifice. The Romans people did too. The the Gentiles, they did sacrifice as well. They would have sacrificed to their their local shrines, to their pagan gods. But they did sacrifice as well. So the word sacrifice was not an unusual word for them. But the sacrifice that Paul is describing in Romans 12 was a very different kind of sacrifice. A very unusual sacrifice. And he explains this in his opening verses. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Wow. There are so many reasons why this kind of sacrifice that Paul is describing would have made, would have been a bit strange for his original hearers. First of all, Paul is urging them to offer their bodies, their bodies, as a living sacrifice. Now, this isn't something that God told them to do. God never told them to offer their bodies to him. It was always animals or grain offerings, but not themselves. They never placed themselves on the altar. There are other gods um, from the pagan religions that other Gentiles would have, you know, given their babies to, to idol worship. But God never asked the people of Israel to present themselves as a sacrifice their bodies meaning their whole beings so this would have been strange to the original hearers the second thing is he says it's a living sacrifice offer your body as a living sacrifice now when people offered animal sacrifices on the altar they were always dead they weren't living they were dead but Paul is saying Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, referring to a continuous sacrifice, a sacrifice that stays on the altar alive. And it's unusual. So if you put all of them together, you can see the big picture. He's saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. What is Paul saying? Paul is asking and urging his brothers and sisters to place their lives before God people placed animals before God people placed grain before God but now he's asking them to place their lives before him their bodies before him continuously and when I'm reading this letter you kind of see that Paul is very desperate in his approach he's urging I urge you this is it seems very serious You see this passion kind of oozing out of this letter. He urges them to give their lives as a living sacrifice, their bodies as a living sacrifice before God. And I think the reason why Paul has this passion for these Christians is because he understands how easy it is for people to say that they're followers of Jesus, but not place their lives before him. He knows how easy it is for people to say, yes, I'm a Christian, but not make the Lord Jesus their Lord very easy to do these christians understood that when you give a sacrifice whether it's an animal sacrifice or grain sacrifice it's no longer yours you can't go and take back the animal from the altar no you place it there and it's gone it's a sacrifice it's for the lord it's no longer yours and paul is showing that this should be the same for their lives when you place your life before god it's no longer yours Is now his. And that's why Paul says elsewhere in Galatians chapter 2, referring to himself, that I have been crucified with Christ. No longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, before I became a Christian, I was in this position where I never really placed my life before God. I never really made Jesus my my Lord, for him to govern me, for him to direct me. I never did that. It seems like I will place my life before God and take it back. Place it and then take it back. Place it and then take it back. But when I became a Christian, I made a commitment to God that I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to place my life before you and I'm not going to take it back. It's yours and it belongs to you. And day by day, I'm trying my best to, to let go of me. And give myself fully to God. Every aspect of my life, giving it fully to God. You see, there are many people who I've encountered in my Christian journey who are in this position. Who are in this exact position. We need to understand that giving our life to Christ is not a one-time event. Where we say, yes Lord, I've given my life to you and that's it. No, giving your life to Christ is a continuous event where you do it daily, where you give yourself to God daily. And that's why Paul says that it must be a living sacrifice, one that remains before God, one that remains in the altar before God. People have this idea that once they say that they're Christians, that's it. That's all they need to do. It's just a statement that they make and that's it. No, being a follower of Jesus, being a Christian is a sacrifice. It's placing your life before God continuously and this is what Paul is trying to say in this letter I believe to the Roman church but I'm sure they had many questions this is a different kind of sacrifice one that they've probably never heard before this is a different sacrifice so they had questions I'm sure how do I live this how do I do this and what does this look like what does it look like to place my life before God This is a different kind of sacrifice that needed explanation. But Paul, in the rest of his letter in Romans chapter 12, makes it very clear what kind of sacrifice this is, what this sacrifice looks like. And he makes it so simple and so clear. And I want to run through these things very quickly. So how do we do this? How do we place our lives before God? How do we make him our Lord? And I think the the answer is in verses 2. Is by our minds being transformed. Our minds being transformed. Paul says in verses 2: Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is: His pleasing, His good and pleasing, perfect will. Wow. I think one of the reasons why some Christians don't place their lives before God, it's because they're saying they're Christians with their mouths, but not with their minds. They're saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they haven't registered it with their minds. They're not engaging with God with their minds. Our minds are so important. It controls the way we think. It controls the way we behave. So if we say that we're Christians, but we're still thinking the same way we used to think, then we're going to behave the same way we have behaving and we're not going to change. But if our minds are transformed by the Holy Spirit, then we'll start to think in the ways of God. Then we'll know what God's will is and begin to live it. It's so important that we engage with God with our mind, with our knowledge, with our intellect, with our thinking. Sometimes we only worship God with our emotions and our feelings and we should worship God with our emotions and we should worship God with our feelings, but we need to worship God with our our minds. Our minds control our body and how we behave. So the more we feed ourselves with God's truth, the more God's truth occupies our minds, the more we will begin to transform. This is how we do this. How do we do this? Our minds need to be transformed with more and more of God's truth. But, but what does this look like on a day-to-day basis? What does placing your life before God look like? Once you've got your minds transformed, now there's a, there's a way that you need to, to live. And in the rest of, verse, of chapter, uh, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul shares in detail what this looks like for individuals and also for the body of Christ. Essentially, what Paul is saying is, it's honouring God with your bodies. Anything that honours God, do that with your bodies. And this can only happen if we know who we are honouring. So this looks like allowing his ways to be your ways. Not not being conformed to this world, not allowing this world system to be the way that you live and, and your worldview. No, allowing God to be your worldview, allowing God's ways to be your ways. It means allowing God to work through us. See, God wants to use his people to bless other people. So God gives us gifts, spiritual gifts, which verses 6 talks about and mentions some of these gifts. He wants us to use these gifts to glorify himself and to edify other people. So people who place their lives before God will be exercising these spiritual gifts that God has given Someone who places their lives before God will live a life of love. From verses 9, it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another as you honour yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual favour. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patience and afflictions. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who I need. Practice hospitality. And the list goes on. People who place their lives before God will live a life of love. This is clear. This is one of the fruits of the spirit that, will, that you will recognize. And that's why Jesus speaks about to his disciples. In John chapter 13 verses 34. By this, everyone will know that you are my, you are my disciples if you love one another. And lastly, being part of God's community. People who place their lives before God are dedicated to God's community called the church. People who are dedicated to serve the church. People who are dedicated to his community. These are people who place their lives before God. Brothers and sisters, this is what proper worship looks like. If you're struggling to understand what worship looks like or if someone has no idea what worship looks like, point them to Romans 12. This is what true worship looks like. When you sacrifice all of who you are to God, when you live a life that pleases him, every single aspect about you honours God. Imagine living that way. We do this because we honour God. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is it. This is our purpose as Christians. This is how we engage with God as Christians. Just before we have a time of communion, and remember the ultimate sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice ever, Jesus Christ. I want us just to remember two things. I want to leave you off with two things to reflect on. And the first thing is this. In the Old Testament, God required many sacrifices from the people of Israel. But God didn't just say, just give anything you have. Just give just give anything before me. No, these sacrifices had to be in a particular way. With animal sacrifices, they had to be blameless. In a sense, they had to be perfect. And I believe this was to foreshadow what this new This new sacrifice looks like in the New Testament, which is now us, our bodies. In a sense, we now need to be holy. And this is what Paul speaks about. The sacrifice needs to be holy and pleasing to God. Holy means being set apart. So if our bodies is set apart or meant to be set apart for God, then there's a different way that we would use our bodies. For instance, imagine if you were holding something for the Queen. Something that was reserved for the queen. You were, you were responsible for keeping it and looking after it. I'm sure you will protect it. I'm sure there's a particular way that you will look after this particular thing that you are holding. It because it's reserved for someone who is respected, someone who has a lot of honor. And this should be the same with our bodies. Our bodies is reserved for God. It belongs to God. So there's a particular way that we should treat our bodies. There's a particular way that we should live our lives because our lives belongs to God. And that's why elsewhere, in First Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19, again Paul says, "Do not, do not, do not. do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own, you are not your own. First Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19. And the second thing I wanted to leave you with is the word that we see in the beginning of this chapter is therefore, therefore. So Paul is saying, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, which means that there's a reason why we need to offer our bodies as a sacrifice before God. So what is this reason? Because he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now the therefore It's all the way from chapter 1 to chapter 11 of Romans. But of course, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but there's a few things, why, a few reasons, sorry, why we need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice before God. And Romans makes it very clear what these things are. So it's because you are free from sin. You are free from the penalty of sin. Because you are free from the powers of sin. Because you now are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Because there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Because God has sacrificed his one and only son for you. So that you can be adopted to his family. Because he is God and he deserves all of us. He deserves, of, he deserves all of who we are. This is the therefore This is why we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. So let's go into a time of communion. Where we remember the ultimate sacrifice. And let's also reflect on our sacrifice, our part in the sacrifice, ourselves. Are we willing to offer our lives to God? Or is it just a particular aspect of our lives that we want to give to God? But actually God wants to challenge us and I believe this letter is challenging us today. This is the proper worship. This is how we worship God and we sacrifice ourselves, our wills and allow his will to be dominant in our
4: lives. Amen. We're just so thankful for another opportunity to come together and praise the Lord for his goodness towards us. We thank him for being a place that we can run to. (laughs)
5: I'm
0: So brothers and sisters, let's just spend some time in communion as we remember the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus' body, which was broken for us, and his blood, which was shed for us all. So on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup of the new covenant, saying, This is the cup of my new covenant. Drink this in remembrance of me so as we eat the bread which represents Jesus' body in your own time just take and eat and as we take the wine which represents his blood which is shed for us all let's pray together so heavenly father we thank you lord lord jesus that you are the greatest sacrifice for mankind lord that you died so that we can be free from sin your body which was broken for us your blood which was shed for us all i pray as we remember your body and as we remember your blood we will be people who sacrifice our bodies through the way that we live to you god Lord, I pray for all of these things. In your name I pray. Amen. So brothers and sisters, I hope that you enjoyed the service and I really pray that God spoke to you Uh, through Romans chapter 12. Continue to reflect on the passage. It's an awesome uh, passage. But thank you for everyone who made this service uh, possible. But if you're free and you have a a few moments, uh, please join us at the foyer. we will love to see some new faces as well. Come and see us at the foyer. We're going to be discussing more about um, the passage uh, from Romans chapter 12. So please do come with your questions. So if you're free at 11.30, grab yourself a coffee and meet us at the foyer. But Either way, I just want to send you on a blessing. I just pray that God's peace and his blessings will be upon you this week. As you engage with people, as you engage with the world, I pray that we'll be people that will offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. God bless and have an awesome week.